What's up, party people? This is Josh with Arrows Digital Media. Welcome to another episode of the Arrows Podcast. We have Katie from Rolls. She makes most killer cinnamon rolls of all time. They will make you want to float and levitate. She's going to tell her story about how she started the business, kind of what's going on with Rolls and the evolution of it over the past few years. So stay tuned. <laughs> So, Katie, yes. Tell me about Rolls. What is Rolls? When did you start it? And kind of why? Like, tell me what even prompted the journey of starting your own business. Okay, so I did not plan on starting a business when I graduated from college. I had a dental hygiene degree, and so okay. obviously, Rolls is nowhere near that. It's like actually like the antithesis of clean teeth. I like want to clean your teeth and not, you know, put sugar on them. I have three children. My last baby was born with a heart defect. So she was born without her left ventricle and I was not able to work. And so that really changed, you know, my path as to what the heck I'm supposed to do with my life. When she got to be about one or so, I was baking at home a lot and there wasn't much else to do because we were homebound. Yeah. And so I made cinnamon rolls and it was my grandmother's recipe. I grew up making them super easy, but it always made so many. So it was a family recipe. It was a family recipe. Yes. Just the cinnamon roll itself. Yes. And so, you know, I was, we were eating them and there was a lot of them. And so I was like, shoot, we're going to be the size of a house if we don't (laughs) stop. So I started sharing them with my neighbors and one just of my, like for free, just, just for free. Yes. Just like get them out of my house, you know? And so, and I enjoyed the process of the baking. So that was very therapeutic at the time, but also I didn't want to eat all of them. So the neighbors got them and one of my neighbors said, you should start an Instagram page. This is really, you know, they're pretty good. And I thought, you know, oh my gosh, what do I, I know nothing about business and nothing about Instagram really. I mean, I'm, you know, marketing, pretty, pretty stupid. Yeah. yeah. But well, that I just wasn't your training at least. It was not my training. Yeah. So I figured out how to start my own Instagram page and it kind of took off from there. I think I had, it was March of 2019. And so like the first Easter, I think I had like 10 orders and I was so overwhelmed I didn't think I was going to make it, but I did. And then it kind of grew from there. And I got my first employee, I think six months later. But you were just doing it out of the the kitchen? Out of my, yes. Out of my kitchen with a Google Doc. Figured (laughs) out how to use a Google Doc. I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting these notifications on my email. This is, I've made it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and then the pandemic hit. And so then, you know, we shut down because I had the cottage food uh, licensing. And so you couldn't do anything because I wasn't necessary or whatever. Sure. Sure. Um, so we shut down and then I went ahead and leased some commercial kitchen space in Hoover and thought that I wanted to expand and do some wholesale, like dabble in that a little bit. And then we grew to Homewood and now we're opening a store in Vestavia. That is crazy. 2019. So over the course of four years, you've grown from like 10 orders just like around the neighborhood to 
servicing basically most of Birmingham, right? Because I'm sure they're coming right. to, they're going to be coming to the new store, right? I hope they are. Yeah. yeah please come. Please they will come. Be coming. Yes. Please come to the new store. We're like today, we did a catering for 100 people for Books a Million. And yes, yeah, so, and that was just like breakfast, you wow. know, one little morning. Yes, we've grown and I'm so thankful. I mean, it's really, I think it's really word of mouth. You know, I think obviously social media and all of that has a lot to do with it, but the community here is so wonderful and they really do support you on the front end. And when you first, let's say, let's talk about maybe like that first year where you were starting to realize that like, this is just bigger than my street of like homies yeah. that yeah. I need to like get like some sweet treats to what, when did you feel like, okay, I think I can actually do this. do you remember that feeling? Yes. I, that feeling came because I got an order from a missionary who wanted me to to deliver 50 pans of rolls around like the greater Birmingham area. And I was like, Oh shoot, I cannot do this. Like that's too many. Number one. And I'm by myself. I don't have help. And so that was the feeling where I was like, I think I could do this number one and I can strap Lila in the back seat. And so I can do those deliveries, but I'm going to need some help. So then Mm. I was like, "Mm, I need to, I need some employees. So that's where that kind of, but you, that's when like you knew it was like, there's a demand for this. Mm-hmm. Well, did it like, did it stay steady after that? Or? It did. Yeah. And then, and then the holidays were right there. And so of course, like, I feel like people associate cinnamon rolls with Christmas or gifts or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, of course in January, you are going to be healthy for at least three weeks. And so <laughs> it, it like trailed off and then Valentine's day, you know, and so it's always, it's pretty steady after that. With stuff, but so. that was kind of like the tipping point. It was. Yep. Oh my gosh. Besides obviously the feeling of overwhelm of 50 pans of, of cinnamon rolls, like, did you feel anything else like besides the overwhelm or was it kind of like, man, I'm really about to start something here. Like, did, was there any feeling of that? I don't remember feeling any sort of like, I, I got this under my, you know, I, I still don't feel like that. I, I feel like I fly by the seat of my pants literally every day, Same, I, you know, and yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing still to this day. Overwhelm is definitely a feeling. I think there was some excitement in there, but gotcha. I'm just kind of winging it and just taking the risk and hopefully hoping it pays off. No, I feel, I feel that a hundred percent. I think that's something that people will never truly understand unless you're in it. Mm-hmm. Not like how lonely it feels that like there's really no one else is going to get it, but more so that like, it's like a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. But you've got to kind of love the thrill of the winging it or yes. else you're not going to make it. Like, do you agree with that? I, I absolutely agree with that. I think for me, it's even a little bit of an adrenaline rush, which is so odd to say in baking. That's what I mean. You know, it's, it's so like a- odd. That's so weird. But this morning I knew I had four hours to put this stuff together and I had one person helping me. And so it was like the thrill of the, can I get it done? Are we going to, are we going to make this happen today or what? You know? And, yeah. and so it does. And then when it does pay off, you're like, Oh my gosh, like we did it. We freaking, <laughs> yeah. We freaking made it, you know? So anyway, yeah, I That's, think that is true. Have you gotten to a point now where you feel like you've had to systemize things like put processes in, in place that are like repeatable? Are you in that stage yes. now? Like what was that journey like? And I'm it's obviously Ooh. ongoing because yes. like I've, I've experienced it as like, as I bring more people onto the team, um, become responsible for more people. Right. I can't just expect them. Well, you, you're a professional. You should know how to do it. Like there needs to be some sort of process behind it. Like what has that journey been like for you as a, as an entrepreneur? I think 
honestly, you have to remember and give grace because they don't know what they don't know. And I have to always remind myself, you know, I think that, yeah, cinnamon roll is pretty easy to throw some flour in there and all this, but one heaping scoop of flour, or is it like a tiny bit of flour? Like your scoop definition and mine is different. And so that has been interesting. So we weigh everything. Everything's a weight. So that has been a system that we have put in place. But also I think what, to your point, it's the training. It's all about picking the right personality when you hire them and making sure that they're going to fit well with your training methods and, I don't know, winging it every day and, and just trying to tweak that because it, it is hard. I don't, we have a lot of good processes, but then I think that everything can be improved. So those first two or three people that you bring on the team are so important. Yeah. Um, what have you, what, what is your learning been like when, with the team building aspect of it all? It's, that's a it's, great it's wonky, question. isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's a great question. I've got I've got my number one. Her name's Sydney, and she badass. She's yeah, she's the best, the best of the best of the best. And I hope that she never leaves me because I don't think I could function without her. So <laughs> mm-hmm. there's that. Um, but besides her, I mean, I feel like it's her and I against the world most of the time. Um, and then employee wise, you know, they don't treat it like their own. And so I always have to remember that, that, you know, this is, it's my baby. It's not their baby. They want to clock in, they want to clock out and they want to, you know, and they want to go on with their bad self. And that's fine. Honestly, if you do do it, you know, whatever, but it has been, interesting to see like how we've evolved on hiring and how, what we are looking for, because I think we really don't need you to be a baker. We, we need you to be trainable and we need you to have a good attitude. If attitude for me is really everything. If you can accept, cause I'm, I'm crazy and I'm like to have fun <laughs> and I like to be wild and, but I also want to work and I want you to work and I want you to have, you know, I don't care if you want to look at your phone, that's fine. But like, don't wear your soft shoes when you're supposed to be, you know, icing things and the health department's going to come. Like, oh it's not that hard. One girl that wore a purple wig and her soft shoe slippers to work every day. And I'm like, babe, this is not going to work. And so we've had some turnover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, like you said, especially on for a small business, talent, I feel like, is such a commodity. It's the attitude. It's the, like, the the work ethic too, but also I love that you've showed some understanding about, and I think it's like the millennial in us now that like, we're not a family. Like this is not like a work family. Like this is not like a word, like end all be all. Like you're, you're my teammate. I would love to do like fun stuff and like while we're here, but we don't have the same equity in this business. So I can't expect you to have the same like desire to crush it. Like, you're here to help, and I appreciate that so much. Right. Um, but the I can't expect you. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like in like past generations, like th- that's been the expectation. It's like you should work as hard as the boss, but like you're not paying me. Like <laughs> you're right. getting paid, dog. That's so right. I really try to bring that energy here. It's like yo, at five, you gotta go, go. Yeah, like whatever. Like right. life's life. Life's gonna life, and um, I feel like our generation is gonna really do some good in the workplace with, with that mindset. I think, I think so too. Yeah, I agree. I think that for Sydney, particularly she's pregnant right now. And so she's able to work from home some. And I think that that's, you know, such a neat opportunity for her to be able to still give, you know, give what she's given, but she's, we're making the accommodations that, you know, is necessary. Yeah. So. Cause life's going to life. Like I, I say that around here all the time. Like, dude, like 
I trust it, especially if you have the trust with the people. The work's gonna get done, but as long as like, but we can might as well like try to feel good about it along right. the way. You know, talk to me about the new location because obviously you're not at the kitchen anymore. Obviously, you're not at Homewood anymore. You're moving right. into so we're moving to Vestavia. Vestavia is a great family um, place for us. I think that we looked really hard in Homewood. We looked really hard in Vestavia and Mountain Brook, and we really settled on this place. It was fully renovated, mm. which was you know, wonderful bonus. Uh, a smoothie King used to be there. And so they had done everything and painted the ceiling red, which has been really fun to get it pink. Um, hey. so there's that, but, uh, other than that red ceiling, it's, I mean, it's, it's been perfect. Vestavia's just got such a great family vibe and a community vibe that I love. And with Sanford right there, um, we're going to have some seating and hopefully we can bring in some college kids and just hang out and have it a fun place to be. So. Gotcha. That's awesome. When is it opening? Do you have the date? So my goal date is May 16th. That's a Tuesday. We're going to be closed on Mondays because I feel like we need a rest day. So yeah. uh, we'll be closed Sunday, Monday. Tuesday is the goal. We'll see if that actually happens. Our electricians finished up today, actually, but one of my ovens isn't working. So that's a fun fact. That's the goal. You know how that goes with construction and all those. Whatnots, oh, yeah. We had know. the same issue here. Like they told us April, this is last year too. So that's when all the, like the lumber issues are happening. Oh gosh. Yeah. So they're like April and then May and then June. I'm like, oh, okay, dude, like <laughs> right. let's go. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I get it. <sighs> How was that process of finding the space? Like, like, was it a bit of a journey or like, did you know that was the one from the start? Well, I didn't know it was the one. I actually looked at one in Liberty Park that I thought that I would like better and it had more space for seating, but the, we couldn't work the numbers out and I was uh, a little nervous on taking that big of a hit. So uh, we kept looking and honestly, I thought I wanted to be in Homewood. And so we kept looking at that and looking at crunching numbers with renovation costs and all of the good things that come with, you know, needing all the ADA accommodations. So once we found that space in Vestavia and it had everything that we needed and it was basically moving ready, I, I thought, you know, the, I don't think we're gonna find anything better than this. So, yeah, yeah. I, and I loved that we're right off 31. I loved like, there's some really great neighbors in that same shopping center. So yeah, we just took the plunge. I know the process isn't done yet and I hate to be reflective before anything's done yet because it feels like you know you're counting your chickens before they hatch right <laughs> yeah getting an office space like a physical space especially like post-covid where everyone's telling you to just do shit from home right like it feels it's like a very big step right uh, it feels very monumental um what would you tell somebody that is kind of in that space like maybe like the step right before you like do you have any advice for them like what's your biggest learning lesson like taking this next step that's a great question I would say that we took we took a big risk getting this space. It's got about triple the square footage that my production facility downtown has. And so it, the goal is growth-minded and that we can grow into this space. We're not use, utilizing everything right now. And we're also going to start doing coffee. So obviously, you know, we don't know a thing about that. So there's that. My biggest learning for someone else, I think is just to take the risk and don't 
don't think about it too hard. I think when you overthink mm. things, then it gets more complicated and you could really back yourself out. And I think fear could really make you not do it. I mean, if I thought too hard about it, I may not have signed that lease uh, because it, it's scary and it's scary numbers. But I think that everything that is worth the risk, you know, it's worth taking and taking the chance. So I would say do it, go for it, and just don't look back and don't think about it too hard. Just keep going forward. Dude, bars. That's such a, that's such a bar. Like my, my business partner, Quinn, and I, we have done so many things off of intuition. Mm-hmm. And it feels so weird to say because, you know, in business, there's like the the view on it that like everything should be analyzed, like make the most logical choice. All the numbers need to be crunched. And obviously you need to do the homework sure. there. But I, I feel like there's something metaphysical. It sounds like stupid, pretentious philosophy or whatever, but it, <laughs> it feels like something that's like beyond the numbers. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. I call it my gut feeling too. I mean, I, yeah. it's like that gut feeling that, you it's know, explainable, you know, it, right. And nobody can really put your finger on, you know, what does that actually mean? That's how I look for men too, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you, know, you just gotta have that gut that's feeling. episode two of roles. <laughs> We'll get to that later. <laughs> but, uh, but it is that. And I think, you know, that's that's exactly it. I mean, because if you don't have that and you don't listen to it, then you could be just stuck in, in the same spot forever. And then you're not, you know, growing. I feel like there's something spiritual happening there where it's like all like you see all the numbers, but then it's kind of something in your mind or your body, or your soul, where it's like it's doing the risk analysis for mm-hmm. you about like, what actually feels good for you? Me and Aaron, shout out to Aaron, the producer. We could look at the same numbers and be like, okay, what decision would you make? But based on her risk of analysis and like risk aversion and my risk aversion right. or like what's important to me, there's those two factors are so different. We'll see those numbers and come up with a different conclusion, I'm Absolutely. sure. Yeah. Um, but doesn't mean she's better or I'm better. It's like what's right for me. That's right. But I don't think they teach that in business school. I didn't go to business school, so I want to know. I, but. Me <laughs> But I doubt, like, how can there be a fucking textbook on that, right? No, there's not. You just have to do it. And you've got to just follow what you, what you feel, you know, and follow what's right for you. And how much are you actually willing to bite off to lose too? So I'm glad to find a kindred spirit there (laughs) because I know my mom was like that when I first, I was going to quit my job to like start this whole thing. She was like, well, like, did you do this? Did you think about this? I'm like, mom, no, I'm here for the vibes, dude. (laughs) I didn't say that. I would never say that to my mom, but, uh, Something to the extent, like, well, right. I just got to follow this, you know? I know. That's awesome. And if it doesn't work out, then that's fine too. Like, we'll find something else, but it's worth the risk to take. As of recording right now, it's May 2023. Um, you've got a launch here shortly. In your ideal world, like, what does the next year look like? What does Katie and Rolls look like in the rest of this year, 2024? Like, what does the sh- short-term future look like for you? That I first learned how to make espresso. That's very short term and latte. So shout out to Cala coffee because they will be training us. So we're we're excited about that. And then I think, I hope that we just can open the doors and really embrace the community and build relationships with the city of Vestavia. And then I hope that our Homewood peeps and Mountain Brook and all of them support us as well in that community. And then I would love to continue to grow in the wholesale. I have applied for Whole Foods and Publix. Awesome. So we'll see about that. And so I continue to just 
I feel like grow and I also want to give back. That's a huge part of roles that we haven't talked about that uh, mm. we love to give back and love to bless our community, the Bell Center and uh, the schools and different things for with donations of roles and, you know, just giving people happies and brightening days. That's awesome. Shout out to the Bell Center. They do such great work mm-hmm. over there. Um, we were filming a fundraiser over there and I just got to learn a little bit of what they do. They're amazing. It's so sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to them. I was curious about the wholesale side. Like that's probably its own whole nother podcast. Some of my background was working on the, on like the merchant side. So okay. yeah. um, really weird. How much of the business do you want it to, do you want like a uh, wholesale to be a part of? Like, I, I would think, Eventually, I would like it to be probably wholesale. I mean, it's kind of its own entity, I feel like, yes. and, and, and almost going to be completely separate in the perfect world. Mm. Uh, and so I'm, I'm currently looking for a baker to just do the wholesale for us. Uh, and that's primarily just that focus. But I would say percentage wise, I would love it to be 50 50, you know, but both kind of have their own thing. Uh, right now, it's probably. I don't know, 30%. Trying to develop it as its like own like brand almost. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yes. We keep it completely separate for health department like regulations anyway. And so it would just be easy to like, yeah, for it to be its own animal and really grow. And I I would love to be in Publix and I'd love to be in Whole Foods. And You will be. um, You will be. Okay, well. Just time. That's right. Okay, I like that. And um, and then, yeah, um. I don't know. Yeah. Be across the United States would be the best. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's, I think that's such a natural progression for the, for the brand and the product. I'm so excited for you. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see. Like, what do you mean? We will see. We're going to see. We're going to see the shit pop up. I'm so excited for you, dude. We are a media company. So I got to ask, like, what are your top three media what are the top three pieces of media that you're currently consuming and loving right now? Like books, podcasts, movies, TV shows, like what, what's, what you got going on right now? So I am reading a book currently, Believe It, by Jamie Kern Lima. And she is my favorite. She is definitely um, such an inspiration to me personally that she sold her company for, you know, tons of money and she's giving back to the world now. So that's amazing. Number two, I am watching TikTok. Let's <laughs> go, dude. I don't know what's up with that, but it's so addictive. And like, I'm learning so much about all kinds of the random things. Hundred I mean, I know all kinds of, you know, just knowledge that I didn't know before. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, and then, you know, Netflix, I'm sure. Well, before you move on, who's your, who's your favorite TikToker right now? Like, do you have like any like channels that you're like loving? Oh gosh. Like, what's your for you page look like? Like, that's probably the most intimate question you could ask somebody in 2023. Steve Harvey. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> he's number one. Like he's always on it. Like every other one. I'm like, what are you doing? And then like, the doctor um, that is doing the metformin. The um, have you heard about this? It's no. like some sort of supplement that keeps you forever young. Apparently, oh my I'm God. very vain. And- UCLA. Yeah, I've I've read about that. Okay, well, he's on my TikTok. I forgot his name. Sinclair, Doctor Sinclair, okay. and he's on there all the time. So apparently, I really want to be young, and I love inspirational quotes <laughs> <laughs> from Steve Harvey specifically. Yeah. He'll yeah. like make fun of your choice on Family Feud yeah. and then just drop knowledge, dude. Yeah, dude. 
Steve Harvey is a goat. I love Steve Harvey. Did you yeah. see that he's gonna have? He has like his own judge show now. No, this really? man has like eight jobs. <laughs> he, and he like really does work all the time. Just like I did see that on TikTok. He's like he's weirdly like I think he's like overtaken. He's got to have overtaken like Ryan Seacrest for like most jobs in Hollywood. Surely, like, yeah, dude. I mean, whatever. Shout out to Steve Harvey. Come on the show. Please <laughs> come yeah, on the please show. Come on. <laughs> And then the third, what, what else you got? Uh, third has got to be some sort of Netflix documentary. I love like. What's the I most recent one that you like really dove deep on? Oh, God. Because those things are those things are killer. The the one about um, the concert that never happened. Fire Festival. Yep. That one. Okay. Yep. That one. It's my. I really loved that. That one. Actually. The Fire Festival. Um, one? Yeah. It's probably my favorite that I've seen recently. But then I like all the cocaine ones. <laughs> And all the uh, the killer ones, unsolved mysteries. You know, I like those. Uh, What what's the one um, with Joe? What's his face? I I loved all that. Tiger King. King. I love that one. Yeah, I like all the trash. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Katie, thank you so much for the time. Um, Thanks for joining us on this episode. Um, I said it off camera, but. we need to do the next episode in the shop yes. when it's open. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to buy like three cases and we'll do a taste test with the team. <laughs> we'll just like, which one's your favorite? It's not going to be, is any of these good? It's going to be, which one would you kill someone else for? Like, Because <laughs> like, that's really the stakes we're living in when it comes to roles. But yeah, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, hope you had a good time. And um, But yeah, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Actually, before we go, is there anything else that you want to share uh, with our tens of listeners <laughs> about the about the biz um about what do you want them to know like anything else that we missed oh gosh well uh, first of all thank you for having me on the show i love it and i appreciate it and i love all your tens of listeners so thank you yes just try rolls and try see what you think it's all homemade it's no preservatives and you know we try to make them pretty decent and we just want to love on people and make you know, people stay a little brighter with them. So, and um, maybe drop your Instagram handle and where, how can they contact you if they want to like place orders or like what's the best way to get in touch with you? So, our Instagram handle is Rolls Bakery within uh, one of those underscores at the at the back. And then we also have a website, rollsbakery.com. And then they can call our store, but I don't know that phone number. So, look, <laughs> so Google it because um, it's new. So yes. uh, we got a landline, believe it or not. They have those these days. And so, yeah, call call the store. You can place an order. And that's really it Hell online. Yeah. yeah. And, and everyone in Birmingham come to the opening or at least that first week. Please. Come support hopefully mid-May. Yes. So this episode will probably come out a little after that, but um, hopefully we'll be open. Yeah, hopefully you'll be open <laughs> yeah. at least by June. Your ass better be in the, right. in the shop, please. Cool. And um, but yeah, so everyone, thanks for listening. Look after the next episode. Thanks for so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs>